Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, our relationships, and life decisions. Welcome to the Peace and Power Podcast, where we discover how the living Jesus offers the flow of that peace and power in our everyday experiences. With the Bible as our guide, here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. In the period from my late elementary and junior high and early high school education, my father served on the local school board for six years. The last three of those years, he served as president. So from a very young age, I got glimpses of the two sides of service, the side of honor and the side of sacrifice. Was it an honor to be elected by the community to serve on the board? Yes. In fact, he was asked by school administrators to run for the board. He was highly trusted and needed. You know, many people who want to lead shouldn't. Usually the better leader is the person who doesn't necessarily want to lead, but others see leadership in them and trust them and ask them to lead. So, for him it was an honor to interview and hire skillful teachers who would shape the education and lives of students, an honor to oversee the financial health of the school system, an honor to set policies that strengthen the future of the school. And then there was the other side. In any election, just as some vote for you, some vote against you. Not all of the decisions or policies of the school board are welcomed by administration or teachers, staff, or community members. There is controversy. There sometimes is gossiping. Sometimes there are rumors or accusations. Most decision-making bodies face these negative reactions from time to time. Leadership is difficult. And even if all is going well, leaders sacrifice. You sacrifice time and energy for meeting and events. You are burdened with problems and deadlines. Your ideas may be misunderstood, even when you have the common good in mind. You may be persecuted for your faithful leadership and service. And maybe you have experienced and witnessed the same two sides of service in other areas of leadership and volunteering. In this scene in Mark chapter 10, Jesus must teach two of his disciples, James and John, about the two sides of service. And of course, when he teaches James and John, he teaches the other disciples and teaches us about these two sides of service. So here is how the scene begins. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? Jesus asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Well, you remember that James and John are brothers, both fishermen. Jesus called them early in his ministry, and they left their occupation to travel with Jesus full time. James and John later become courageous and faithful apostles. But in this scene in Mark 10, their thinking is very immature, very self-focused. 
It fits another scene in Luke 9.54 where James and John ask Jesus to call down fire from heaven to punish some Samaritan villages for not believing in Jesus. Can you imagine walking up to Jesus as they do here and asking for a favor? Like Jesus owed them a favor? Jesus, who they are admitting, will sit on the throne of Israel and, in their minds, will be the king of the world. They are so egotistical in this moment that they are asking Jesus for a favor. Jesus is actually so humble and gracious that he listens to their request, even though he knows it is misguided. I wonder how often I pray with this same attitude. God, I want you to do me a favor in Jesus' name. How easily I forget that all I have is from the grace and mercy of God. And it is I that am indebted to God, not God that is indebted to me. Yes, I am to come humbly but confidently to my loving Heavenly Father in Jesus' name and ask God to move, to hear, to heal, and to guide. My Father longs for me to come in this way. But I know that I am praying the wrong prayer if I ever say, Lord, I wonder if you might do me a favor. So the favor they want is honor. They want to be Jesus' vice-regents on the right and left of his throne, which is where they think Jesus will probably be on a throne in maybe a few months. There are so many things wrong with this immature attitude. First, they have overinflated their importance. They feel they deserve this. But Jesus will not allow James or John or us to use his name and his kingdom to promote our own selfish agendas. Also, they don't calculate how this request will be received by their fellow disciples. We're about to see that in verse 41. Third, they haven't noticed that this attitude is so opposite to what Jesus teaches. Have they really been listening to Jesus? Really been watching Jesus? For these and other reasons, they don't really know what they're asking. Servants in the kingdom of God don't seek honor. That's not their motivation. And that is exactly what Jesus tells James and John in verses 38 and 39. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with a baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with the baptism of suffering. But, so Jesus responds that they are thinking backwards. They are putting the wrong side of service first. They are putting honor ahead of sacrifice. What if a U.S. soldier went to her immediate military commander and said, I know we're getting closer to the front lines of the battle, and I want an assurance from you that you will secure for me a Purple Heart. If you will promise me that medal, whenever my troop gets into a life-threatening situation and my fellow soldiers need to be rescued, I will bravely run through the live gunfire and drag them to safety. Well, of course, this soldier is thinking backward. She is indicating she will not be brave and will not rescue her comrades unless there is honor in it for her. 
She won't rescue them out of sacrificial love for their lives. She won't rescue them out of faithfulness to their worth as fellow humans, out of loyalty to those who would do the same for her. She will only rescue them out of selfish desire for her own honor and recognition. And that is not what a purple heart honors. Her military commander will not cheapen the reward of her purple heart by giving it to a selfish soldier. This is why Jesus' firm answer to James and John is so important. He links service to sacrifice and even suffering. Hear it again. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, You will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. Jesus knows that the true path to honor is sacrifice and suffering. In this scene, Jesus knows that he will have to take that path himself. And yes, someday, when James and John are much more mature in their faith, they will have to take it too. James was the first apostle to die for his faith, to be martyred. In Acts 12, 1 and 2, we read this. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. Now, church tradition says that John, most likely James's younger brother, was the only apostle to die a natural death. But he suffered through his years of imprisonment in an island labor camp on Patmos. But meanwhile, in this conversation in Mark 10, James and John must learn to be servants in the kingdom of God. And as we said a moment ago, kingdom servants don't ask for honor. They consider it their honor to sacrifice. The sacrifice side first. The honor side later. Jesus also said that such honor would be handed out by God the Father. Verse 40, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. So their motivation was all wrong, but that doesn't mean God will not honor someone with that position. The Father longs to tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. But notice it involves being faithful to him, not faithful to our ego. Who honors us matters. Jesus said it is our Father's decision to honor us. And Jesus seems to affirm that the Father will honor some in this way. The Father desires to honor faithfulness. But the Father will make that decision, not James and John, or me, or you. Now we can be sure of this. The Father honors the most humble. Some good candidates for this right or left-hand position would be other people we've met in Scripture, like Moses, who was called the most humble man in all the earth, or John the Baptist, who declared, He must increase, that is, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. Or what about Jesus' mother Mary, who said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. 
Then in verse 41 we read, When the other ten disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So James and John's request stirred up jealousy. Their selfishness in desiring the places of honor created jealousy among their fellow disciples. I can hear words like, why should James and John think they deserve that? Don't I deserve that honor? So, it is time for Jesus to get this scene under control. Verses 42 through 44. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. James and John are in danger of getting the whole circle of disciples into a worldly view of service. Honor first, sacrifice later, if ever. So Jesus draws the contrast between the world's order of service and the kingdom order of service. In the world's kingdom, leaders rule others. Verse 42. But in God's kingdom, leaders serve others. What example of this does Jesus offer? The example of himself. Verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is probably the key verse for the entire Gospel of Mark. It comes from the lips of Jesus and becomes Mark's thesis statement. Jesus came the first time to be the suffering servant Messiah, predicted by Isaiah. Jesus served by teaching, by healing, by performing other miracles, by training the disciples. He served everyone with whom he came into contact. Then he served every human, past, present, and future, by dying on the cross for their sins. And when he comes again, he will not serve in sacrifice and suffering. He will serve as king of the world in honor and in glory. If we follow Christ, we follow his example of the two sides of service, sacrifice now and honor later. What is the scope of Jesus' own sacrifice? It's the whole world. Just as one person, me, you, denies ourself Many others are served through our sacrifice. True, Jesus' sacrifice reached the whole world, and ours may not. But it will reach more people than we think. Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com and our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.